Yes, guys, welcome along to another episode of the We Talk Ball podcast. And it's a bit of a special one today, guys, because I'm joined by Steve, but not like usual. This guy is alive in the flesh right next to me. Come on. Yeah, it's a weird one. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so first time, guys, we're doing one live together. If we're dancing, down visiting, so for why not? Got to give the people some content, and uh, it's a special one for him. Something he's passionate about. About the special one. The special one. <laughs> so it's a it's a Mourinho special. Mm. Uh, yeah, but basically just looking at his legacy and just where he ranks as the greatest managers. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think I'll let you take the floor, mate. <laughs> well, I think it's important to note the way that we're probably going to go about it is by talking about some of his achievements and where those achievements rank. Um, maybe even in comparison to what other managers have achieved, particularly with certain clubs, I'd say. Um, and and just look at it from that sort of view, rather than just throwing those stats at you. It's about looking at what he's achieved in the context of what he's achieved. Because I think sometimes people will look at, oh, he's won this cup or people have won this cup. But it's like, if you're always with the best team in the world or say your manager of Real Madrid when they won all the Champions Leagues if he was Zidane for example amazing achievement but that's the best team in the world so I'm not saying anything but I just think <laughs> I just think winning the Champions League with someone like Inter for example um, little dig at Pep there no? <laughs> well, well it's true I think that's the easy comparison because of the rivalries they've had um, but when you look at that and you look at Okay, he, Pep won the Champions League with Barcelona, probably the greatest Barcelona team I've ever seen. Um, and he can't quite do it at City. One of the best City sides ever. As well. One of the best City sides, probably the best City side over the last few years that he's had. Um, and and that's where the comparison comes from. But to win it with Porto and Inter, I think it's just craziness. Yeah, yeah. In particular, Porto now, if you look at them, well, how they're not really a club that you would say would be in the in amongst it anyway um, and even Inter I mean domestically they've improved dramatically um, I think over the last few years a lot of that probably down to Juve yeah. and obviously Milan have improved as well but you wouldn't expect them to be going and winning Champions League anytime soon either no. um, but yeah I think the best way to go about it is by looking at some of the things he's achieved and looking at um, the main honours he's achieved and what the sort of narrative is around Jose yeah. Um, just before we start, as an Arsenal fan, <laughs> yeah. what are your memories of Jose? Because obviously there was that Wenger Jose. I remember Wenger Marvary. decking him on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> he was running scared at his own yard. <laughs> well, it was a bit of a crazy one because like, you can look at it and almost draw comparisons on, on their career in the, in the sense that they hit the ground running, they won so much at the start um, of, of, of their days. that, And he was sort of in his pump and he was saying to, to Wenger, like, a specialist at failure and, and all of this sort of stuff um, and I think it's quite funny now because people draw that resemblance on Mourinho yeah yeah um, but yeah how was that going against the Mourinho side it was always scary I mean we didn't have a great record um, especially I think yeah the first time he actually beat Mourinho was when he was a main United manager because mm. I was at the game it was at the Emirates that was literally the first time he never did it Um Never did, I don't think. Uh, at Chelsea. 
It's one of them crazy ones as 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 Arsenal are, are obviously a massive club. Mm. Um, you'd expect it to be a bit more of a level playing field, but yeah, it's a bit of a mad record, man. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to talk about his time at Chelsea as English fans first. I know it's not quite where he did his first achievements, but yeah, if we talk about that a little bit because we obviously watched the Premier League, we know the impact that he had, particularly when he first came in. Um, I think. When you look at winning back-to-back league titles for Chelsea, is a huge achievement. Then. Yeah, I mean, teams like Chelsea would struggle to do that now. I mean, I think it was Ranieri obviously gave them that base. Yeah, there was a base there, and I think it just needed the finishing touch. Yeah, and I think almost that's sort of what Guardiola teams are. They almost want the icing on the cake manager. Yeah, and this is probably the resemblance. The difference is that Chelsea weren't a team that had ever really won nah. the league. Like fifty mean? years. <laughs> yeah, you were looking at that in the o four o five season as a well. That's what P. That's what P's does for you, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but again, even draw draw that comparison to Newcastle, you have to know how to spend the money. Yeah, um, and I think Man City didn't get it right early on. No, um, you can even argue nowadays they don't always get it right with the amount of fullbacks they buy. No, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it's an immense achievement in itself, just down to the fact that they hadn't won it in so long. But I think there was that base already there. Yeah. Um, and it just took that new perspective, almost that sort of arrogance to be the best into the team. Um, obviously, we've spoken about before how it sort of dives off after the, maybe the first two years. Yeah, he's always a bit of a third season itch, isn't it? Like, mm. I don't know why. Even with like Man United, I think he had it. Obviously, they won what Europa League, League Cup first year, mm. and then they got second as well, I think. Mm. And after that, they kind of just. I don't know if that's down to his style of management or it's down to the intensity that he works at. Because I know that people will say the same about Conte. Mm. So Conte is a very short-term manager, and and in the modern day, most managers are. But it's so intense under a Conte team, for example, that. It's almost exhausted itself and people have had enough. Seems to be a lot of relationship with the owners, mm. seems to always go a bit stale. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think as well, I think um, Ferguson said it as well, I think you have to have the best players to be the best teams. This is it. Um, and, and that's why you have to spend money. And, and It's almost basic business, the more you put in, the more you get out, isn't it? Yeah, as long as you've got the right people putting it in and you're recruiting the right people, you're going to compete, realistically. Mm. Um so yeah, I think in terms of relationships, I know the second time around at Chelsea, obviously he come back won the title, fourteen fifteenth season, and then they were they were slumping around mid table, mm, oh, um, yeah. and um, I think at that time there was a lot of relationships that are said to have broken down in that dressing room. Then with the likes of JT, um, maybe even I think Costa they spoke about yeah, um, and there was one other. There was like three main names I think. Um, and again, it's maybe down to the fact that that was probably the first time in his career he wasn't winning. Mm. So when you look at <clears throat> what the reaction was, it was quite comical for him in the media. He was sort of laughing, he was stressing, but he was sort of laughing at the fact that, like, oh, we've made another mistake today. It's the player's fault. <laughs> and when things aren't going right, potentially that didn't do him the best yeah. service. Um, but then equally, you're, you're, you're mastering your own downfall when you're sort of... You, you have, have that expectation of winning the title every year and you're not winning the title, you will be gone. Yeah, of course. Um, do you remember much about that season? Do you remember? Um, Which one? When he got sacked by Chelsea and, and the sort of mood around the Premier League because <laughs> he was an icon in the Premier League because of 
the achievements of Chelsea before and how he sort of ruffled up Man United. And... Yeah, yeah, it was funny. It's funny <laughs> but as an Arsenal fan watching it. Yeah. Um, that's what you associate Mourinho with is Chelsea, really. Mm-hmm. I think you even know to this day. Yeah. yeah, even after all the success, success at other clubs, I think mm-hmm. that's what you associate him with. Almost forget he was Tottenham manager. Mm. Um, but I don't think he really cares about uh, loyalties. <laughs> no, no, and I think the thing is as well when you get sacked by a club and you sort of get paid off and you donate it back to the to the, to the charity in the club, um, you're sort of saying to that club, look, you'll always have a place in my heart. But yeah. when the, the clubs don't show you the same loyalty, you sort of think, well, when it comes to my career, why would I show you? Yeah. Um, I mean, even at Tottenham, when he went to Tottenham, obviously the expectations were different. Coming in after Pochettino, um, you'll know, being an Arsenal fan... Playing, playing Tottenham in big games, the style that Pochettino liked to play under, um, and the positivity that I think was always around the Poch team. Yeah. And almost sometimes the media jumped on a bandwagon with Pochettino because it was a nice way of playing football, but yeah. they didn't have that ruthlessness. Um, and I think Jose came in at a, a struggle in Tottenham time. Um, after getting to the Champions League final uh, with Pochettino, which can we just say now? A lot of clubs seem to do that, do well in the Champions League and then struggle. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that says about the Champions League because in theory it should be the best of the best but then you can't beat your own teams domestically so it doesn't make sense. No, no. Um, and he came in, I don't think he did a bad job. Well, he got to a League Cup final, didn't he? I mean, he didn't do it and he had mm. nothing, he got sacked before, didn't he? And they lost it, which was funny, but... Mm. Even um, in terms of the league though, I, the, the trouble was, I don't think they... I don't think they progressed that much. It was a different nah, style. It was a very weird season. But they were sort of the same. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of injuries. I know there are clubs that have injuries, and and you sort of have to have a look at that. And it was COVID times, and I think he did a lot out in the community with, with the Spurs fans. Yeah. Um, going around in the community, delivering food, and blah, blah, blah. So you, in terms of legacy, that is something that I'm sure they'll always remember. Of course, yeah. Um, but being sacked for a cup final is a bit, a bit yes. weird. Yes. I mean, you look at even... Um, Conte with Tottenham at the start of the reign like how much abuse that they were getting mm. he was even coming out at press conferences saying like he wasn't going to be he didn't want to mm. be here I don't know why <laughs> shit like that and um, yeah but you're giving him time now and they've got Champions League football now and they're playing some good football you know I mean if they'd been given time you never know it's what he could have done for Tottenham Tottenham's a bit of a weird one because I think there's the expectation that they're in one of the the biggest clubs in the league, for example. Mm. Um, but what is the definition of that? Because they haven't won what since two thousand eight a trophy under Harry Redknapp. Two thousand eight, yeah, league cup. Um, they've got the best training ground in the world, I would say. Now, yeah, facility wise, yeah, you can argue their stadium probably is as well. Mm. Um, so down from the ownership model, you're looking at that we want to make the whole club an elite club the best club there is but on the pitch it's just not the same yeah the trophy cabinet's scattering a bit of dust in it <laughs> and I don't, I don't again as I say Jose was probably the statement to bring in yeah um, he beat a man to won their first trophy wouldn't he yeah and to, to bring him from stuck in the mud as well the Man United time <laughs> um, and almost it's probably quite funny for Tottenham fans when they came in that he was at Chelsea because it was like he was so successful and now we're having it. Yeah, yeah. And there's that envy, I think, over your rivals if you see them doing well and this guy, like, I'd hate to be like an Everton fan now and seeing Klopp 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like a United fan seeing Guardiola because there's just envy in your eyes. Um, but Man United, let's talk about Man United really quickly because for me, biggest club in England. Um, yeah, I mean, that first year was pretty good decent, wasn't it? Got after the best start, they won the Community Shield. I mean, they won the Europa League, which obviously now I think is getting a lot more uh, respect yeah. compared to then, I think. And that was only, what, five years ago or something? Mm. Uh, they won the League Cup. Another trophy that's quite disrespected, and they came second. Mm. Like, it wasn't a bad season at all. <laughs> well, I think the thing was that season is as well. It's a good season comparatively to what Man United have been achieving. Mm. Obviously, we've heard all the comments about the second place being his best achievement, and you have to say, like, in hindsight, you can see that. Mm. Um, I think what Mourinho does very well when he goes into clubs is he strengthens the core of his teams. So he always looks to bring in players that play down the core of his team. So, for example... I remember when he went back to Chelsea, his aim was centre-back, midfield and a striker. That was what his aim was, and I'm pretty sure um, that was the target. I think he wanted Benzema at Chelsea. I was reading about it. He wanted Benzema. He wanted um, centre-back. I think it was Thiago Silva. And he did the same when he came to Man United. What he did with Man United was Eric Bailly. Hadn't yeah. worked out because of injuries, Okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong but um, obviously Pogba came that first year um, Zlatan came the experience yes. um, and you've got to look at that that's right down the spine of the team by you can't predict people's injury records it's a good player though yeah um, you can't I mean Zlatan arguably was their best player when he was there to be honest because yeah. I know he got the injuries but he got the goals and Pogba was very good at start I think yeah yeah um, so there is a theme when it comes to recruitment at Chelsea I think he brought in uh, Fabregas um, I think he brought in Diego Costa I, I think so, yeah. um, and I think there was another centre back he brought in a centre back at the time it might have been bringing David Luiz back if I'm honest <laughs> um, but there is a theme of strengthening the core of these teams and he did that at Man United but I think the trouble is with Man United is they aren't the Man United of old and the association is different. Yeah. Um, again, deterioration of Man United. Similar theme. Yeah. Um, Pogba, you have to say at large. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Pogba's a weird one. Um, I think he got a lot of unnecessary um, abuse in terms of his play. And I think he's a much better player than... Um, what people have made out. I think the price tag is another thing with the price tag in, it, in modern football. Mm. It's always just the thing that kind of defines you if you don't score X amount of goals or whatever. But no, yeah, I don't know. I think Mourinho, he got, he got the best out of him, I think, mm. compared to other managers. I think if you look now in retrospect, um, I mean, later on, obviously, they've signed like Fernandes, who's... who's I, I remember at the time not really seeing how they would fit in the same team. Mm. Only because I didn't think they had that sort of midfield where they could dominate out of possession. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think if you look back, he's probably played the best football at Man United under Jose at the start. Um, and that's quite comical considering the relationship yeah. that the media portrayed and, and the issues in the club. Oh, then. yeah, that whole video, is not it, on the training pitch. Mm. Mm. So... Again, you could talk about male management, but I think perhaps sometimes the one-day footballer, the trouble isn't with the management and the player. It's probably about how, for example, someone like Pogba's earning more than a Mourinho 
And in any other business, you're not going to have people that are working below you, in theory. Earning more. Earning more. It doesn't make sense. And player power is a huge part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, Man United overall, you'd say probably quite successful, to be honest. Yeah. Except for the ending. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, obviously, you'd say successful. Again, except for the second ending. Yeah, I think with Chelsea... No one's going to look back on it negatively. No, I don't think so. You know, he won so many titles and, you know, FA Cups, League Cups, I think this is the thing, though, that people don't appreciate with Mourinho. For me, he was one of the first managers that came in for a long time. I think Wenger was good at it, but of targeting the the lesser cup competitions. Yeah. So, League Cup winner, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007 and 14-15 for Chelsea. Um, And I think that was quite a theme where you knew that they were one of the first Premier League teams that I thought could fight on all fronts. Yeah. And we're looking now, years, years down the line, between 10, 20 years down the line, and, and now teams are trying to do quadruples and silly things yeah. like that. And I think they were the first team that could compete on all fronts. Not because of the squad size, but just because of the quality and the way they played. They played in a, a slightly more pragmatic way. Um, but you knew what you were going to get with Chelsea. It's not an exhausting approach, I don't think. Um, and they could target competitions. Um, you obviously won the League Cup, Man United, like you said. Um, FA Cup as well with Chelsea in 2006, 2007. Um, so I think that's huge. I think if you look at that season then, he's done a, he's done a domestic double. Um, and you just always knew if he wasn't going to win the league, he was going to win something. Yeah. yeah. Obviously that changed later on, going to a Tottenham, less expectation. Even at Man United, to some respect, okay, he won two two slash three trophies three. <laughs> um, but you would you would look at Tottenham and say it's the only club he didn't nah, but he yeah. had the opportunity and it didn't get allowed to um, this looks slightly outside of our borders because Go I on. think a lot of his, his success is sort of <clears throat> out of the way a little bit um, stemming from probably the, the Porto success yeah that's where he put himself on the map you'd say oh for sure yeah very under I don't think people realise how much of the Base that was for his career, I think, in Porto. Um, obviously, it's where he's from and everything. Um, yeah, it's fuck, it was some mad achievement, you know. Mm. I think that's where he put himself on the world stage, to be honest. Well, I think the important thing to know is before winning the Champions League with Porto, um, he was dominating domestically. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a bit of a trend in in Portugal where you have a stage of Benfica sporting Porto. They've all got a domination in a couple of years. Um, Huge clubs, but he won Portuguese Cup winner 2003, 2000, uh, 2002, 2003. Um, the same year he won the league um, and the Super Cup, the Portuguese Super Cup. Um, but in, even domestically, won won six trophies in Portugal. Um, and then the UEFA Cup 2002, 2003, which I think people will sleep on and, and then the next year Champions League 2003, 2004 it's crazy um, so I just think the domination to go on in the UEFA Cup next year to go on the Champions League um, it's just crazy yeah you don't really see that much there it's the manner as well obviously the pictures and run down the touchlines um, obviously getting in, in, in Ferguson's sort of overshadowing a Ferguson who was best manager in the world at that point you'd probably have to say yeah um and everyone knows about the character he was. Um, and that was him putting himself on the map and saying, look, I'm here. I'm Jose Mourinho. I am the special one. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I think that is is just immense. As we've we've spoke about before, you would not expect Porto to be in the Champions League. No, I mean especially when you look at them now, as you said. Mm. Um, but do you think that's a common theme with clubs? Sometimes they take a bit of a downward spiral when he leaves. I think so. Yeah. But then, like with with a Porto, I would say, well, they weren't winning Champions League before either. No. Same at same at Chelsea, weren't winning league titles before. No. And now you would look at that, particularly under the Abramovich reign. They're expected to win a title every few years. Yeah, and get the sack. So maybe he started that trend off, but because he gave them that success, again, you're almost a downfall of your own success. This is it. Um, But yeah, I I do think sometimes it's difficult when managers leave clubs, especially when they're short-term managers and they're they're managers that come in, they do really well, they have their style, they recruit really well to them, and then someone else is coming in and left with Jose Mourinho players. (laughs) You want to do your own thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Porto a huge achievement. I think as well the manner in which they do it. Um, again with Inter as well when he won Champions League with Inter, it was almost a side where people were saying a lot of the players were finished in terms of age. Yeah. Um, that was almost a bigger achievement in some in some in some way. Very unexpected, it was wasn't it? So unexpected. Again, you don't see them doing it again. Yeah. Um, they won the league that year and the year before under under Mourinho um, Italian Super Cup you know they, they, these are just things that it, it, people people look at me like yes only Italian Super Cup or at Chelsea's only a league cup here but how many managers do you see that can't win them this I mean even, even Klopp we look at now it's only now where they've been fighting Liverpool have been fighting on all fronts I've always said why Klopp? Why was Klopp not coming in and, and targeting those cups? Yeah, he's won one league title in his tenure at the minute. Been very close, very unlucky not to win probably three altogether. <laughs> um, obviously, Champions League. But it's only this season where they've done anything domestically in the cups. It's strange, especially when they were first like building their mm-hmm. uh, project, as it were, like when they had players maybe who weren't who he necessarily wanted. Mm. Um, and they're kind of you know getting to more of an elite level. You know, that's the sort of time you go for cut runs. You know, they always talk about lower lower teams mm. going for it. So why not them? You know, just because you're a big club doesn't mean you should be going for these. And that's where the comparison is with probably Guardiola comes in for them. Yeah, because he can do it on all fronts because of the squad and the money. But I think that's the fascinating thing about Jose. Jose, this we're talking two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. He was doing this with Chelsea, two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Mm. Like he was fighting on all fronts. And he didn't have the, the 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 number of players in the squad. He didn't have the rotation opportunity. He didn't have all of this that is at the disposal now. But he understood that you have to win everything. Yeah. And that mentality, if you don't win the league but you come second and you won a cup, he won't see that as successful. But you look back and you think the success is built off that expectation. Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge. Um Obviously, we've had a bit more recent success when we look at Roma. First Conference League, and he's won it. Um, where do you think that ranks on his trophies that he's won? I think there's a lot of debate about it being a European trophy, etc. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, as we were saying before we started the pod, you know, Europa League's obviously got a lot of a lot more respect recently. Because mm. um, I think a lot more bigger teams are in it. Yeah. Whether that because they're dropping for the Champions League or mm. maybe they just had a bit of a slump in their league campaign, whatever. Um, 
but yeah, and that's that's kind of as I said, it's got a lot more respect now. So just give it a couple of years in the Conference League, because I think you know you'll see bigger teams being in it. You'll see teams who aren't usually in Europe in it. Mm. Who you know take this opportunity with full full um, full arms. But yeah, um, in terms of rankings, I think I think it'll be pretty high. I don't know how expected Roma were at the start of the season to win it. Well, I think you had big teams in there as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, even like Leicester, for example. Yeah, Leicester were up late, Rangers. Mm. Um, Leipzig. Rain- oh, what about Rangers in Europe League? Rangers in Leipzig, Europe League. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was it? It was, they played... Uh, final, that was it in the final. Final. Final, yeah. But these, I mean, again, Roma aren't a club where you'd expect to be winning trophies. Realistic. No, no. Um, I think, yeah, I think the base just more... Not necessarily how big it is to him, more necessarily how big the trophy is. It's how emotional he was. Yeah, it means a lot. I mean, you see all the scenes in the dressing room, you know, you see the fans, that meant a lot. You know, I'm sure it meant a lot to him as well. I mean, I've always I've always seen it as a, you can only win what's in front of you. Yeah, of course. You, look, you can't win the Champions League if you want the Champions League. You've got to win what's in front of you and that, you know, that puts you in the Europa League next season. I think domestically they did well, um... But again, probably haven't improved in terms of league position yeah. drastically. I know that they were quite close to Lazio in the only end as well. Um, but that is a very difficult sort of league in my eyes. The sort of top, maybe six, top seven. Mm. There's not a lot in it at all. Obviously, Juventus didn't probably have the season that we'd expect. Milan winning Scudetto for the first time in how many, how many years? Um, it's a competitive league, Italian, Italian league. Serie A is, is, is looking very good again next season um, so he's 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 put his stamp in there he's competed with the big boys in there I think um, he's changed the atmosphere which I think is a common theme when things are going well anyway mm. and he's won the European trophy that he could win so first manager to win Conference League Europa League and Champions League because um, obviously it's the first Conference League yeah there Still is. crazy stat. Yeah. I can't um, see any other manager getting that. And if they no. do, it'll be for a long time. And it'll probably be backwards the other way. You'd, you'd expect the Conference yeah. League to be first. Europe. But Jose Mourinho finds a way of winning. And I think that's the big big thing that we've seen. No matter what the trophy is, he's won it. You'll find a way. You'll mm. find a way to win it. Um, Next season was 18th season in the Champions League. Um, so he's obviously a mainstay no, not sorry, not Champions League. It'll be in the Europa League next season, but he's done seventeen Champions League season, Champions League seasons. If he does move club, it'll be the eighteenth. Um, I don't necessarily think that will happen, but we never know. Um, well, PSG need a winner, so and they've just got rid of Poch. Yeah, we've seen that link as well. Yeah. Um, what next for Jose? So we look. Obviously, we we talk about that. Um, I think his style of football mm. would suit international football quite well. Yeah, they've always spoke about that, haven't they? Um, do you think they'd suit you lot? I don't think it would happen. No. I don't think... I think with the English media and the way the culture's changed around the national team, I think we'll try and keep an English manager there, mm. if I'm honest. It's probably someone from the England setups, yeah. like a Southgate has now. I'd like to see him manage Portugal. That'd be nice. Um, I think his, his approach in cup competition could suit a nation quite well. Yeah. But I think a manager like him obviously still feels like he wants to do it every day, all day, every day. Yes. Um, and you don't, sometimes with international football, it can be quite hard to put your stamp on it. 
Yeah, because I suppose, you know, you've got players coming from different clubs, different cultures, different playing styles. You know, it's hard to... It must be a very hard job, no matter where, to coach it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've always said it, innit? That's probably... I think he's even spoke about it. It's probably something that he'd probably end his career on, I reckon, or, you know. Um, but he could go for many more years, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, people... This is the debate that's been had, isn't it? People... Uh, is he outdated? Are his methods gone? Do they not work? Um, I mean, you know more from me from a media perspective, but I think the narrative around Jose has always been negativity. Yeah. It's always been pragmatic, boring. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, he's come out and said before, he thinks the team that makes the less mistakes in the games wins. So your job is to make no mistakes, which is why there's not much risk sometimes with his teams. Mm. Um, obviously, we haven't even touched on Real Madrid. Um, and the team not. we had at Real Madrid, but when you look at that Real Madrid team, Everyone was like, oh, def- they were quite defensive. They weren't. They were a counter-attacking team with unbelievable players. World's best coach, 2011 with Real Madrid. Won that. I think the big thing was winning the Liga. Yeah. Um, and, and being a fawn in Barcelona's. Because that, that Barcelona, for me, is the greatest team I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and he came over there and he, he stole a league title off them. He upset a lot of people at Barcelona. <laughs> um Obviously, was assistant manager at Barcelona previously. I think he wanted the Barcelona job and Guardiola got it at the time. And I think that's probably where the rivalry sort of started. Yeah. Because um, they were both involved together. Obviously, Guardiola then had a youth team, etc., etc. Um, but again, the narrative is negativity. So, I think nowadays as well, in particular, what the good managers are getting right is looking like a positive narrative yeah um, Jürgen Klopp for example first time he's at I think he's drew West Brom or beat West Brom or something and they're, they're all like lifting their arms oh the yeah they draw yeah <laughs> and, and everyone was like what is this guy doing but he knew from the start immerse yourself in the club immerse yourself to the media to be honest, it probably takes pressure off you yeah um, so what would you say his narrative is and is his narrative going to be his downfall what his narrative towards the media or sort of the, the way that the media portrays him oh the, yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a very negative um, you know they, don't, they see him as the bad guy you know mm. I think um, but I, I don't think he minds that he almost likes to play the villain I think you know yeah. bit, a bit of uh, bit of fun but does that only work when you're winning does it work does that only work when you're winning because uh, then you can't play the villain when you're losing yeah, I think it only can work, yeah, if you're winning. Um, but no, he plays it well. I mean, it's all... I mean, I think a lot of people percept him as a, a bad guy. I mean, he's, you know, the beef he has with managers, the little fights he has. But then outside of football, you hear about the sort of stuff he does, and he's such a great guy, you know. For charity work, for example, he does and everything. You know, he's such a humble and nice bloke, apparently, which is, you know, crazy when you, you know his... Time as a manager. I think it's about managing them, though, isn't it? I think. I think. Um, I mean, you always have the the obvious Guardiola shielding his players, saying, "Yeah, yeah, no, we're okay. We played really well." And he'll go to the dressing room and shout. Everyone. Yeah. I think, and I've always thought, and and this isn't really the narrative that I've ever seen from the media or the perspective that they've given everyone else. But I've always thought it's intentional. It's a. Uh, put the pressure on me my players won't have it Yeah. so it's his way of protecting the players obviously when you get sustained success 
um, it probably did give him an ego and I think it's the same with players and you do feel special and you do feel like I'm doing things no one has done Um, but it's interesting I was going to say um, obviously he wasn't a player was he professional player was he no I believe he played but not to a good level no not to a high level I mean like how much of an influence do you think that had? Because obviously we, we look at a lot of managers, great managers, um, who were not so great players. Mm. And then when we look at amazing players who've been not so good managers. Well, I think his biggest influence is probably his dad. His dad was a manager. Mm. Not at a great level again, but I think from that young age, there's probably always one eye on that. Like I could be a manager. Sort of how I am with the teaching. Yeah. Um... Then you've had Brian Robson, huge influence. Obviously, yes. he's he's been a translator. He's he, he's immersed himself, shown the interest in the coaching. He's gone around with him, learnt off him. Who man management wise was apparently terrific, which is funny because that's always what people think his downfall is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of not playing, it might have done him a positive because he's had to work his way through. Yeah. So he started as a youth coach at his local club in Settable in in Portugal. Um, and he's had to work his way up, um, which is probably where that ego comes from as well, because you've done it the hard way. Yeah, more humble, I suppose. Yeah, but then again, like I said, Zidane, I mentioned Zidane earlier. He's, he's gone and had crazy success at Real Madrid. And apparently the only job he wants now is is the French national team job. Mm. And that's because of who he was as a player. Yeah. Guardiola, you can argue the same. Played for Barcelona, was one of those players that probably set the standard in terms of the way carried himself sort of like how Xavi Iniesta as well under him um, but because of the name he was already in at Barcelona yeah Mourinho didn't have that um, so potentially yeah I mean we can draw comparisons on Wenger yes Wenger was obviously from a small village in France um, wasn't, a gr- wasn't the greatest player I mean no Although, if you've seen the clip the other day from the soccer aid, he sent someone the other way who looked about half his age. But <laughs> Well, but I think no. for him, his, again, his beliefs come from his environment, so it was based off hard work. Yeah. It was based off how the little details were what made you better. So when you look later on at the Arsenal teams of trying to play nice football, etc., etc., it was the it was the glamour and the love from the game, but he knew the hard work came in. Yeah. When you look at the invincible teams and how strong and how hard those teams were. And it's almost like your experiences do shape you so I think it must have had some influence yeah yeah um, but when we talk legacy and we talk Jose I think the first there's two things I think of character and trophies I mean his character I love and yeah. I'm a bit of a mar- I think he's a Marmite character a lot of people don't like him yeah and it also I think he doesn't help himself for the people that don't like him because he'll dig out managers that aren't so successful. <laughs> he'll dig out journalists. He'll dig out pundits. Yeah. Um, opposition fans. Refs. He'll shush <laughs> fans, refs. But because it's Jose Mourinho, it's always seen as a problem. Whereas, you ever seen um, Klopp lose a football game? And I think he is worse than Mourinho. He's a big strut. I think he strops. I think nothing about what he has to say most of the time holds any merit. A lot of the time he says it's all emotion. Yeah. Whereas with Jose, it's minute this, this happened. Why is that not a penalty? Or 
etc etc and you can almost relate to it mm. it's like even with Guardiola isn't it he was saying like the whole country supporting Liverpool and stuff like that mm. it's like really not mate you know what I mean like um, but no Mourinho yeah he's a, he's a funny guy isn't he but I don't yeah like I said I think he plays on that narrative of being that you know media bad guy I think he likes it I think mm. it helps him and I think that character wins him his trophies to be honest do you think that character's changed over time I feel like it has at Roma. Mm. Um, at Spurs, though, when he first came in at Spurs, I felt like he was almost just happy to have a job of the, that stature in the Premier League. Still. Yeah, but I think because of Spurs' place, they're not like one of the elite mm. teams in mm. the country. Mm. I suppose it was harder to kind of play it off, but when you're the best, mm. you know, you can really be get that ego going. But um, yeah, it's funny. But uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's again. It might be a point when he's at Real, when he's at Chelsea, when he's when he's being the best. That ego probably pumps itself. Yeah. Um, at Roma, maybe it's changed because they're not the best again. Maybe, um, they're not the best in their in their own league. Uh. So, I don't know. Yeah. Weird one, but. Um. In terms of moving forward for Jose, I think I'd like to see him stay in Europe anyway. Um, you'd like to see how Roma, the Roma chapter plays out. What is the expectation? I think they've had some owners there that really want to start competing in that league. Um, they haven't quite got it right in terms of managements before. And Jose Mourinho becomes available back in Italy. And it seems like a no-brainer, but when we spoke about how it's quite short-term, what's the effect he leaves on clubs... What will that be after Rome? That's the interesting yeah. thing. Where's he ranked then? All time. In this country and. In this country, I think he's definitely for me top three, top four. Top three, top four. Yeah. I think Ferguson. People will say in this country. Um, because of the sustained success at Man United. Has to be yeah. I think you'd you'd put Wenger <coughs> in the same bracket because. Other than the later years, if you look at the early years and what the built, achievements yeah. and. To say to your team, we're going to win the league and not lose a game and drop a point. And you do it. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and do it. It's, it's, it's just incredible. Um, then you'd have to look at, at the minute, Guardiola as well. Yeah. The dominance that City have had over the league, like the necessity of the league title every year. Yeah. Even Klopp could be considered just by the fact that he's won everything. I think Klopp will be um, maybe even prolonged. I think he's been there five years, yeah. six years, five, six years. Five years, I think. Um the only argument we've said is one one league title in that time. Yeah. But the points tallies are incredible. Oh yeah. The team this season is the is, is the best team in the world. Um because they did compete on four fronts. I think they looked exhausted. Um, which understandably. Um winning well winning a double, not the greatest double in the world, but you've lost the league title on the last day of the season. You've lost the Champions League final. Nuts. Um but yeah, I'd like to see if that plays out in the titles, etc., etc. But he'd have to be in that conversation. But um, not many else pop into my mind that would be above Josie. I think when you look worldwide, you would rank him over a Ferguson because he's gone out to different countries yeah. and you'd say, look, Real Madrid, tick. Inter, tick. Chelsea, tick. Porto, tick. Porto, tick. Um, I think there will be international football one day and that will be a big tick. Yeah, I um, think he can, he, he can win something, you know. 
and, and, and not many managers can do it in different countries. No. The football's so different. Yeah. Um, I think Italian football suits him. Slightly slower, slightly more tactical in terms of the way that teams will, will let you have the ball a bit more. And, and I don't think the negativity of what we see in England because of Guardiola's and, and, and the way they play exists in Italy. Yeah. It's about results. That suits him. Um, Legacy-wise, it's already built. Yeah. I think even if he went to Roma now and doesn't win a trophy for three years and loses the sack, I don't think it tarnishes anything. No, no, no. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but he could manage for 10 years and not win another trophy. And I think it's the same as Wenger. You have to look back at what he's achieved. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think what he's achieved is... He's won every European Cup now. There is available. He's won domestic and league titles across the world. You know, no matter what happens now. I mean, obviously everyone talks about tarnishing your legacy because of what happens later on, as you said, with Wenger. But for real football fans, people will know mm. what the real achievements are. And, you know, it's unbelievable what he's done. It's huge. I think if he had a positive out, if maybe his ego wasn't the way it is. Yeah. And maybe his relationship with the media was slightly stronger. But shout out to his pundit by the way because I loved it when he was a pundit yeah incredible and when him and Wenger were doing it it was <laughs> yeah because it was a tactical insight and an insight that was probably more real yeah than just us because they know what goes public. on in the dressing room um yeah I, I think incredible yeah love him big up my man Jose <laughs> but yeah yeah not Pep <laughs> that's a different debate mate but again you can he's the icing on the cake manager isn't he yeah he's a if you're a PSG, he's the manager you would want. He's he's your media man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he he masters the media. Yeah, Mourinho masters it in a different way, but I know which one I find more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thanks guys for listening. A Mourinho special, um, in live in the flesh. <laughs> mm. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and catch you next time. It's been a blast, man. <laughs> See you later.